welcome to the Video Insiders Podcast. I'm Carlos Pacheco. And I'm Tom Martin. And we are two grizzled YouTube veterans who have managed dozens, if not hundreds, of YouTube channels, billions of views, and a ridiculous amount of spam accounts. (laughs) (laughs) And we're here to take you behind the scenes of what it's like to run a YouTube channel from the professional side. Carlos, what is the word on the streets this week? Um, hot and muggy. Da, 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 da. This is the Toronto weather. <laughs> 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 Toronto weather, PBS W5K9. Uh, now it's an inside joke. So yes, it's hot and muggy in Toronto. Uh, things are great. A bunch of random, you know, things happening around my life. Looking forward to a few holiday weekends in the next couple of weeks. Unlike you, uh, I haven't taken a vacation every three days. Oh, oh so, so I won't tell you that I'm off to Peppa Pig World <laughs> next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. And I was like, there's a Peppa Pig World. That's when you know you are YouTube gold when you've got your own theme yes, park. Yes. Um, what's been good with you? Um, so depending on when this is going out compared to when, when we're recording it, uh, this week I launched a brand new YouTube channel. What? We just said we don't YouTube. Yeah, we don't, we don't YouTube in terms of teaching people how to do YouTube on YouTube, but in that episode, go and check it out in our podcast feed. I did mention that in the very short term, I would be launching some YouTube channels that had nothing to do with uh, how to YouTube, just good opportunities that I'd found uh, where I thought I could create content uh, in a cost-effective way. And, uh, yeah, so I'm uh, about 48 hours in. Whoa. 33 subscribers up and uh, 490 minutes watched. So not too bad. That's all organic stuff. So we shall see. A long road ahead of me. I'm just uh, already thinking about getting someone to take some of the workload off after just 48 hours, but um, (laughs) I really have enjoyed kind of being on the front lines, you know, setting up a channel, getting my keywords straight, getting my systems in place, creating like a content pipeline. Uh, What I do for a lot of clients doing it for myself has been uh, really exciting. And uh, if you follow me on social or on LinkedIn, you see, I've got one of those really cute little um, overpriced, clocks that um give you a live subscriber <laughs> account that's awesome that's catching my eye far too often so funny enough after our we know youtube video we know youtube episode i decided to make two youtube videos on my personal channel that were more about my, my personal stuff oh, i was gonna say which washing machines did you review <laughs> uh actually no it is a little bit product focused but i decided to um, um get back into cycling and uh, it was more of a, like an, ex, you know, sort of like, hey, you know, it was a little, my first video was a little vloggy where I was sort of explaining why I dropped off cycling and then now why I'm back. And second one was sort of like, here's my new bike. And I already have a third one in a bunch of different memory cards that I need to assemble. Um, again, another product. But, you know, I, I can't commit to anything. So I just, I like to experiment and stuff. But funny enough, my bike video is um, a great seo uh project because you know uh it's easy to tag uh products right uh i keep telling creators that um 
that only do content about, you know, themselves or their adventures, you know, and I keep telling them, it's like, yeah, man, products is where it's at because the SEO, the long-term search on, on products is way better than a vlog. Yeah. You know, you're going to get them people that are looking to, to buy that bike Mm -hmm. and they're going to want to know the ins and outs of it. So yeah, you know, it's no different than the, the tech reviewer space. It just so happens that, uh, maybe working in a, a slightly smaller niche, but probably a, probably a niche where you could get some pretty sweet affiliate revenue going on. You know, if you get people buying bikes yeah. through one of your links or, you know, cycle gear. I was thinking, you know, at first I was thinking that I would like, oh, I'm going to record my rides. But I was like, I'm going to get bored after the first ride. <laughs> so, yeah, again, it's like I don't want to commit to anything. And whenever I buy a little product that, you know, helps my biking or augments my biking tech, I'll just try to make a video. But again, I'm no pro. So, and I, I just have no patience for shooting, setting up the shots and all that sort of stuff. I just take a handheld and sometimes a DSLR and just shoot, you know, off the cuff and just see how that works out. But, you know, it's worked out well in the past in terms of product videos. Yeah. Well, it's, you get, you get a proper kind of a YouTube gold stars for doing the typical, sorry, I've been away guys. Here's why. And now I'm back. So you're, you're a fully fledged YouTuber now. Uh, All right. So congrats on that. Enough about our wonderful YouTube careers. Oh, that, yeah. So, you know, speaking about Carlos's hottest new video, we're speaking about a really interesting uh, topic today. And it's a question that people are asking constantly. They really want to know, and it's really valuable to know, is what content actually dominates on YouTube? So we've got a really, really interesting discussion coming up. But first, we need to say a huge, huge thank you to our Amazing sponsor, TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is the ultimate tool for creators to streamline their daily workflow on YouTube, allowing more time to make great content for brands to help reduce busy work and focus on what matters, growing your business on YouTube. For agencies to help multiple client channels and for networks, which gives the partners the tools for success and an attractive incentive for recruitment. And if by some chance you haven't yet signed up for a TubeBuddy account, you can do so and get an exclusive multi-channel license discount by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash TubeBuddy. Thank you, TubeBuddy. So we wanted to talk about what content dominates on YouTube, inspired by an article by uh, a fellow named Rasti Turek. I'm sorry if I miss. Uh, mangled that name, but uh, that's how I read it. Uh, he's the founder, CEO of a company called Pex, P-E-X. They are the most advanced video and music analytics platform on the internet, um, according to them. Yeah, so I actually, um, you sent this article to me and I was blown away by how good it was. And I was also absolutely shocked that I'd not heard of Pex before because looking at their products and what they offer, they, they seem to be pretty incredible. I thought I was pretty, you know, in touch and I thought I'd been, you know, pretty much pitched on every tour that there has ever been on the YouTube market. And so I decided to 
do what any nosy person like me does is to get Pex on the phone. Uh, and so I spoke to Amadea over at Pex, who was a uh, super, super nice, really smart and was telling me all about their, their products and stuff. Um, so they have a, an advanced kind of analytics suite. Um, and they pretty much index the entire YouTube platform as well as uh, other video platforms such as uh, instagram facebook video you name it any v contact some of the chinese platforms so they basically download or index all of that and so not only have they got you know great analytics basis from which they can provide insights to clients but they also provide a service where you can basically fingerprint your videos content id style across other video platforms that don't offer the same kind of uh, brand protection tools. So really amazing products. I'm sure I'll be hearing a lot more from them in the future. Might be good to get one of those guys on the podcast one day to speak a little bit more about what they do, but also what other insights they've got. Uh, And you can check them out at pex.com. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I actually connected with with Rusty on LinkedIn as soon as I, you know, saw what they did, and I was like, wow, this guy, you know, they're way advanced in this space where you know, where content creators, content companies, they constantly at a loss as to like where their content ends up the tools that text.com offers is really impressive yeah so we're going to break down uh, an article that they they published recently um you will link to it in the show notes but you can also find it at blog.pex.com and it goes into a lot of details but you know everyone loves a juicy kind of youtube stats and they've actually got some kind of real up-to-date stats probably even more up-to-date than the kind of stats that you'd find uh, in most youtube presentations and stuff like that uh, but just to caveat the article does say that the the statistics that they've got were kind of up-to-date as of December 18. So there's probably, uh, and we're recording this in August 19. So there's probably been even more growth. But so for example, you know, in uh, one of Susan Wojcicki's recent speeches, she said that they're uploading, uh, that people are uploading around, you know, 500 hours of content (laughs) per minute. And I remember when we were blown away a few years ago and it was like 300, 400. Uh, But in Pex's article, they go on to say that it's it's actually over 600 hours per minute Mm -hmm. that is uploaded to YouTube, which is just mind-blowing. You know, I remember when it was going from 300 to 400 and now it's, you know, it's just such a rapid, rapid rate of growth. And we'll we'll go, we'll come on to talk, uh, more about the kind of growth and will it ever peak in a second but Carlos were there were there any kind of smaller quick stats that kind of stuck out in your mind so yeah for me the the the, the interesting one was the average video duration is now over 15 minutes when you talk to a creator they know this right they you know we see tons of creators upload you know 20 minute videos on average and you know, um, and even videos that are one hour long, right? And obviously with like the, the proliferation of video games and uh, video game streaming, that's, you know, makes that number actually seem small. But interestingly enough, when I talk to brands who want to create content, it's like they keep talking about these like 
one minute videos and, uh, you know, or maybe like, oh, two minutes, five minutes, and they feel like that's too long. And I keep telling them, it's like, no, man, you need to create stuff that's like ridiculously long, uh, much more longer than a commercial at this point, right? So for us, I don't feel like those stats are very sort of surprising, but it's uh, still surprising to, you know, sort of your traditional sort of a marketer out there that's creating content online. Yeah, and it, it definitely goes with what Derek from Veritasium was saying in in his video of, of how to go viral. And we did a we did a whole episode kind of uh, replying and breaking down that video, which you can find in our podcast feed in the podcast app of your choice. Make sure you're subscribed. So my question is: Is it kind of a bit of a a self fulfilling prophecy? People are making longer videos, so then the rumor spreads that you have to make longer videos. I believe it is, you know, what YouTube wants as as a platform and as an algorithm. But do, do you think there is a bit of a kind of room at the words out now that it has to be longer? So people are doing it longer, whether it's benefiting them or not. Um, I think obviously there was a uh, point where people jumped onto that and certain creators are still doing it. I specifically see tech videos nowadays, you know, coming up at 15 minutes nothing under 10 minutes these days, but I'm, I'm a firm believer of doing what's right for the story for that piece of content. I also think that, you know, the proliferation of uh, video game content, right? Like YouTube went right after the video game ecosystem, uh, the video game streamers, once Twitch was purchased by Amazon, right? There was a point where Twitch was being shopped around and everybody thought that YouTube was going to buy it and then YouTube didn't. The moment that didn't happen, YouTube went all in on the video game ecosystem. And we like to talk about Twitch and being how it's like the place for gamers. But when you look at actually videos being uploaded, I think uh, I don't have it in front of me and I'll look it up uh, maybe on a show note is the comparison of how much video game content is being uploaded on YouTube versus Twitch is still astronomical, right? And and those are not 15-minute videos. Those are, you know, one-hour streams, two-hour streams, three-hour streams, right? Those are not quick videos. Yeah, so I'll, 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 pop, I'll pop forward in our kind of uh, planned chat because it actually says in the article that there are more gaming videos uploaded to YouTube than Twitch by an order of magnitude. Yeah. I'm guessing that means, you know, thousands times more. I'm assuming something like that. Um, but what it does say is that gaming videos on YouTube are not necessarily the most viewed. So just because there are tons of people that are uploading these videos, trying to be the next, you know, Dan TDM, trying to be the next PewDiePie, trying to be the next Markiplier, whoever it might be, they're using this platform. But how many of those people are actually successful and how many people are actually watching those gaming videos is a, uh, is a whole nother question. And the article does say that on YouTube, gaming is by far the fastest growing. And there's a chart there that shows the kind of current trends and it also shows the kind of future trends. And, you know, gaming is basically, it's on a whole nother chart of its own. It's so far ahead of, of everything else. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I'm not really, I'm not really from the gaming world. You know, I haven't had time to <laughs> to play much <laughs> of anything really for about the last eight years since my son was born. So I'm way out of that world, and I'm really not, you know, 
not a viewer of streams. So I mm-hmm. definitely feel like I'm not best placed to talk about uh, gaming. But do you think it is going to continue to to dominate? Because, you know, it, in terms of content creation, it is, you know, from a production point of view, obviously it's not easy. You need the software, the streaming gear. But, you know, you're you're turning on a camera and screen capturing and adding some some commentary. I'm probably belittling the, the effort that goes into that. But when you compare that to, you know, maybe like filming a recipe or something like that, it's pretty pretty low barrier to entry and probably only going to get lower. I think actually Twitch uh, announced today that they've um, they've released their own streaming software. So, you know, they, they want people to stream uh, and make it easy as, as easy as possible. Well, the, the data here is the average video duration. It's not the average video duration watched. The key here is that, yes, there are a bunch of videos being uploaded that are much longer than that, but doesn't mean that people are actually watching those. And as somebody who, you know, I've dabbled here and there with streaming video, and I used to be, I used to be a gamer back in the day. And you know, just when things start to get serious with streaming, I, you know, I, I just grew out of it. And from my experiences streaming you, you, uh, on YouTube or while I was playing on my PS4, and not at all doing it seriously, it takes a lot of work to get somebody to watch your stuff. So there's just a lot of stuff being uploaded and it's, you know, they're making it really easy. Like it's just a press of a button and you're streaming to me when you make content easy like that and it becomes so abundant, it just, it just clogs the pipes. You know, it just creates this level of content that it becomes less and less valuable because there's just so much of it. Right. And um, that's why for me it's, it's just, you know, yeah, it'll always, it'll increase because people are gaming more and more phones are becoming, uh, you're going to be able to stream from your phone. Uh, I think it's already possible right now. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And, uh, it was a bit of a throwback, but YouTube took the decision. I think it was this year to close down their dedicated gaming app and move everything back over to, you know, the, YouTube proper, how do you think, or one, why do you think they took that decision? And two, how do you think that affects growth? Do you think that's kind of accelerated the growth of gaming? You know, why do you think they would remove that kind of uh, walled garden around gaming and put it back into the the mainstream, so to speak? I think it was just because probably a cost effectiveness for them, you know, managing another app and they sort of was splitting the audiences and maybe they saw in the data that it wasn't worth it. You know, over the years of, of using that app, they probably, I believe that a lot of the features that were there uh, are now available on YouTube proper when you're streaming a game, right? It's just all the, the, the main features got integrated into the main platform. And, you know, I, I didn't really look into it. So those are sort of educated guesses at this point. So moving on from gaming, the, the article goes on to say that by far and away, music content gets the most views per upload. And, you know, that's pretty easy to see why, you know, you watch most YouTube videos, you're not going to go back and watch that. But, you know, if you're watching some, I'm going to really show how uncool I am. <laughs> you know, you're watching like, uh, you know, Desposito, for example, <laughs> for example, which is like a, a record-breaking track you might put that on loop five times and you might, you might watch it five times 
a day and then you might watch it for five days a week before you finally get sick of it. And then, you know, people are having parties and sticking YouTube on. Um, so you can see why something like music is, you know, by far and away the, you know, the most viewed per upload. But what, what are your thoughts on kind of YouTube as a music platform, so to speak, because, you know, they've, they've merged a lot of kind of unofficial channels and official Vivo channels together to bring all artists music in one place. You can buy like a YouTube music subscription via like YouTube uh, premium as it's now called. How smart is it of YouTube to kind of, you know, get into the ring with the likes of Apple music and, and Spotify, people like that? Well, I mean, that side of the business is a tough one for me to sort of answer. But, you know, we all know that, you know, YouTube's growth, a lot of it is off of piracy. <laughs> you know, initial growth is off of piracy. And music is the first thing that gets pirated when it comes to media, YouTube and obviously, I mean, music and, and TV and movies, right? So they had to get into that space to make themselves legit. Uh, sometime last year when YouTube music was being launched, I was hearing rumors from people who, you know, manage music assets that, you know, YouTube was forcing the labels to get themselves organized and take down more and more of pirated content and just make official channels and make things look more legit so that the artists would be happy and the CPMs would get higher because it would be official videos instead of pirated videos. The comparison of music makes so much sense. Anybody, you know, every single kid out there listens to music on YouTube, just lets it run in the background. You know, it's free. It's yes, there's ads in front of it, but then nobody pays attention to the ads. They hide the tab and they just let it play. Right. I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a, a local MCN and he's like, oh, I still listen to music just via YouTube and just let it run in the background. And the guy's like, you know, uh, leading a, a, a national network and, you know, he can afford to buy music, but he still just, you know, listens to music through YouTube. So it's sort of an every, uh, no brainer when it comes to seeing those numbers. Yeah. And YouTube have kind of, um, had an, a love hate relationship with the kind of music labels, which are, you know, such powerful entities. And really it was uh, the music labels, which I think uh, really forced YouTube's hand into delivering content ID as a tool. So anyone that's had experience of working in content ID, they will know that you know, if you're a music label or a, a publisher, or producer, you get a totally different CMS. You get a totally different set of tools. That's how kind of well looked after and well guarded music rights and royalties are. And um, if you come into kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but if you get multiple claims on a video, so let's say your video asset is claimed and there's a music asset that's also making a claim, I think the music asset is pretty much always going to get a lion's share of that revenue. Am I talking complete rubbish there, Carlos? Can you? No, no, no. The, the music claiming is, I don't know how to describe this, but more powerful yeah. than regular video. Like claiming. it takes precedent, shall we say? Yeah, it takes precedent. Exactly. Yeah. And also, one thing you have to consider like, you know, music on YouTube is a huge marketing opportunity for the, the bands and, you know, and the labels, right? And, you know, it's organic views, free organic views. They, they, they understand that. And, you know, the, the artists complain because they don't understand the, the big picture sometimes, but, you know, they complain about like, oh, YouTube is the one you, where you make the least per stream, but YouTube's also the biggest marketing platform for your, 
brand and for image. So, you know, if a video goes viral on if a music artist or, or track goes viral on YouTube, like you get, you benefit from it beyond just YouTube. Right. And, um, I, I keep thinking about, you know, in the last couple of weeks, one of my favorite bands tool, which had never been in any streaming platform, they just released their full albums, their full library on YouTube for free. Yeah. You can stream it off Spotify. You can stream it off, uh, YouTube music premium, but they, they just went out and put it all out there. And why they do that? Well, they have a new album coming out in three weeks and having a channel that has millions of from zero to, you know, I, I was actually listening today. It went from, I don't know, 50, 70,000 subscribers to 150,000 subscribers in the space of less than a week. So yeah. by the time the, the new album is released, you know, they'll probably be a quarter of a million and they just need to put a little trailer of the album and then people are going to go buy it in, in premium spaces. Right. So that's 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 the strategy there cool, yeah cool music choice as well because you know whenever i think of you carlos i always think <laughs> tall <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why you say that but sure <laughs> seriously uh but you know it's just like mtv was when it first came out you know a lot of the artists uh well especially like a lot of the music companies like why would we put our music on mm-hmm. tv and you know spend all this money to make a video but then they soon realized that if your videos weren't playing on mtv like now, if they're not on YouTube, you know, you're going to miss out. Yeah. And also I'd like to point out that like, I sort of guess this, but YouTube might be getting their thunder taken away from them because of the TikToks of this world, right? TikTok is based off of music, has a, a background in music. And, you know, the biggest hit of the summer was a TikTok hit. So, um, and this is old time road, right? So, you know, like that, that that's an opportunity there. Like uh, when I saw the way a track can be tagged in TikTok and spread organically. I remember seeing this like about a year ago and I was like, my God, this is an amazing opportunity for music artists. The only thing I don't know is if TikTok actually pays any royalties because TikTok only makes money off the ads. And I'm pretty sure there's no system set up there yet for them and i'd be surprised if the music industry were just sitting by and not oh i'm sure i'm sure there's some negotiations in the back end stuff like that and i'm sure there's a reason that music's still there and it's all tagged of course it's tagged in a way so that you know if you see a track on tiktok it'll bring you to apple music it'll bring you to spotify and all that sort of stuff but yeah. You know, they're still getting a, a significant amount of, of the track uh, used in a TikTok. Obviously, you know, there's ads there. So somebody's getting a kickback on that side of things. Yeah. So it says in the article that the actual, the, the, the highest percentage of views goes to the entertainment category, which is as wide and broad as you, as you can get. So even though music gets more views per upload and, more number of uploads is gaming it's actually entertainment that is getting the highest percentage of views mm-hmm. um so that could include vlogs that could include kids i'm assuming because animation and film is separate everybody so everybody thinks their content is entertainment right yeah like that's that's yeah. the end of it right a, a lot of it is miscategorized in the end it is a good point because i was you know as i said setting up this new channel and i'm thinking what category do I put this in? Cause it really doesn't fit into one of the 16 or so categories that it gives you. There's no way I'm going to click other because 
What does that mean? Mm-hmm. How much does YouTube even care about the category? So I went with a, a category that I thought would be uh, less competitive, uh, just in case. But I'm not sure that that even matters. Obviously, pecs have used these categories because they are the categories that uh, are kind of the defaults from YouTube. And a really interesting stat was people and blogs is really overrepresented because that's the default category and people don't even realize there is a category system. Um, So I'm not sure how much that means, but I think generally what we can say, uh, especially from our point of view, Carlos, as people that have worked in the entertainment industry is everything we've seen so far this year, the predictions we made at the start of the year is that YouTube are going to push more towards traditional entertainment. So, you know, TV shows, movies, cartoons, uh, you know, talk show clips, stuff like that, news from mainstream outlets when i see the the stat saying that the average video duration is over 15 minutes i know that they're attributing a lot of that to gaming and live streaming but i would also say that it's also down to 30 40 one hour long tv episodes and compilations of kids cartoons that are two Mm -hmm. three four ten hours so i think that's got a lot as well to do with you know, that, that growing duration. So is, is this, you know, the heart of YouTube going forward? Is it going to be this entertainment category? I sort of hate the fact that categories are still so they're there. I mean, they're so generic, you know, at this point, like it's, it feels like YouTube really needs to do. The problem is, is that this is a really interesting report, you know, because there's people, you know, categorizing their music. I mean, they're, they're videos, but it's really dated, right? It, it needs to be updated to be a little bit more specific. Yeah. And I don't know how much this helps a channel at this point, right? We do it. I think we're sort of like we're on autopilot in terms of like these categories. We do it because it, it's that one thing. That you have to tick that box. You have to yeah. tick that box. But uh, I've heard many comments that it, it doesn't change anything in terms of your growth, your views, whatever you can put gaming on a cooking channel and they're not going to, it's not going to prevent your channel from, from, uh, from growing. So, you know, I just wish that at least Google would sort of like help with, or YouTube would help with, you know, sort of updating these at this point. Yeah. uh, What I would say is that I'm sure pecs and other companies have ways of kind of subcategorizing this stuff i've actually recently been speaking to a company called uh, video amigo that have kind of taken it uh, a unique approach and kind of manually categorized um, it must be millions of videos so you can now check your kind of competitor set in your kind of subcategory so not only would you look in entertainment but you can actually look at like kids cartoons and not only in gaming but you can look at like minecraft videos and you can start to data mine against competition and that tool is actually free at the moment so definitely recommend you check that out videoamigo.com doing some interesting stuff and i think also when i used to be in the corporate world and we used kind of tubular they had some other kind of similar subcategories which i think is a lot more useful than the kind of defaults that youtube provides so tool providers pecs and everyone else the more we can get kind of granular detail the more we can take action because you know one of our kind of questions is um what does this mean and what actionable steps can we actually take here 
you know, apart from the fact that, that knowing that gaming is oversaturated, apart from knowing that music is really, really popular, but at the same time, you know, if you're not a famous artist or a music label, mm-hmm. what do you do with that? Unless you're maybe a covers artist. So is there anything you think that we can take from this article that's going to help us, you know, really take any kind of decisive action? I think the the point that we uh, haven't spoken about yet, the one about the unique uploaders is the one that's sort of like, huh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And the point is that distinct unique uploaders is flat and is expected to be flat for the next little while. I think they they capped it out of a hundred, a hundred million. So that those are the people actually uploading content to YouTube instead of the consumers. So that means that YouTube's creator ecosystem has hit a plateau And what I feel could happen here is that the content's just going to have to be better. Everybody's going to have to sort of like keep upping their game, get those audiences, because obviously there's churn, there's creators aging out, leaving, all that sort of stuff. And obviously companies coming in, in and out. But, you know, uh, as the audience grows and, you know, there's still, um, the, the funny part is that the, the people uploading are less. This is another point, actually, is distinct users uploading stays flat, but number of uploads is going up. I think 2018 was 1.3 billion, and you know they, they're showing projections here, but it'll be close to 1.4 by 2019. So that that means that you know there's staying we're seeing the same amount of people uh, uploading videos, but each each person is uploading more videos so you know us that we've had experiences is we worked with companies that have you know hundreds of thousands of videos so that i expect there's gonna be more and more of those creators are gonna you know again you have to look at the the daily streamers the daily video game streamers the 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 vloggers that upload once a week to three times a week right that seems to be that's what's what's increasing here is the frequency uh, of the uploads not the actual number of uploaders yeah so it, it could be that the real lesson here is not what content to make but the the real lesson is youtube is becoming more and more saturated people are making more and more videos longer videos so you need to kind of keep up in the kind of uh the nuclear race of content creation keep the the lengths up keep the consistency up and like you say you need to make content that is going to be able to cut through and i think we've seen that in a number of spaces where you know you've seen just better quality videos start to rise to the top where i think in previous years it would just be stuff that did the bare minimum was well optimized you know would kind of float to the surface whereas now you're seeing audiences making more kind of discerning choices about what they're going to watch and you know it being of a certain quality and people you know people are watching on bigger screens now the the tv screen is the you know the Mm -hmm. fastest growing screen for youtube you know people want to watch you know in hd and 4k and god knows what next year maybe introduction of 8k to youtube but again it, it all comes back to my main kind of theme which i keep coming back to is that youtube is going to just become more of a home to media companies and traditional tv movies that kind of stuff if the youtubers keep uh creating fake drama (laughs) i'm just right now i'm like oh 
I, I saw yesterday this video about this. I won't even name the YouTuber, like a YouTuber who mistreated their pet that's going yeah. viral. And I'm like, I'm highly suspect that this is, you know, purposely done because, you know, so yeah. people are going to get tired of, of people like that. Right. And, you know, we're seeing more and more abuse in the system. So people are going to start tuning out of like, you know, amateurist, you know, people trying to get attention. Maybe. I know that's, that's, that's my prediction at this point. Right. Yeah. And I think as well, it's YouTube's kind of prerogative and the trend I th really see is to, to find content, which is advertiser mm -hmm. friendly. Yeah. We've seen at the time of recording this, you know, a vast waves of kids channels that have basically been cut off at the knees overnight. Mm -hmm. And there's been some, some press coverage of that, that it says that that was in response to the kind of FTC stuff that was going on around kids content. And then they've basically taken swift action to decimate uh, large chunks of, of the kind of uh, what they would maybe deem to be less quality content. So I think that's a, another lesson is to, um, you know, if you're on the verge of becoming a content creator or you're, you're at a kind of crossroads is to make sure that everything you're doing, you know, would always be advertiser friendly and, and, you know, not controversial or, you know, going against any kind of advertiser policies in any way. Yep. That's, that's where, it, that's where it's at. I feel like we're sort of a broken record at this point when it comes to that. <laughs> you know, it's going to be weather and YouTube going pro. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the theme of this podcast. Yep. So that's our take on the article. Fantastic article, really great uh, insights. And I'm going to be following that blog like a hawk to see uh, what comes next. Remember, you can check that out at blog.pex.com. Uh, and yeah, I definitely think we'll be getting someone from the team from Pex on in the future to talk about more of what they're doing, but also what kind of other juicy insights they've got. We might even get some exclusives if we are very, <laughs> very wood, lucky. Yeah. Uh, but we'd also love to hear what you think about the article, what we've said, and what you think your predictions might be based on the, the trends that have been set out there. Uh, you can hit us up on social, uh, at Video Insiders, and you can email us hello at videoinsiders.fm yes and uh once again we'd like to thank uh tubebuddy for helping us create this show uh tubebuddy is the ultimate tool for your youtube channel the best tool to optimize for seo your tagging your thumbnail creation and uh even competitive review looking at what your uh competition is doing what tags they're using that's one of the tools that i love about tubebuddy <laughs> thanks again tubebuddy and remember you can get a exclusive discount uh, for multiple channel licenses by visiting videoinsiders.fm forward slash tubebuddy and obviously if uh, you like the show give us a review on the old apple podcasts and subscribe on the podcatcher of choice. Obviously, from our analytics, we see that it's Apple, but also see us on Google and Overcast as well. So anyways, if you see us on these podcast podcatchers and it has the opportunity to, A, give us a review, and B, obviously subscribe to us. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.